The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today. You'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. When you're sweating out your bets, make sure to grab a mountain cold refreshment Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. We're also brought to you by Prop Swap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive the $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. Finally, we're brought to you by the SGPN app. The NBA Finals free roll contest locks at the end of this week, guys. So make sure to get your entry in for a free shot at winning $1,000. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or Google Play Store to check it out. And welcome, everyone, to... Tuesday morning edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. This is your host, ZB, back from the weekend. Great to be back with you guys all. Lots to get to. Big show today. I'm so excited. I can barely contain it. Joined to get to all of it. Lots of news, notes, handicapping, updates, analysis, um, all of it. With my boy, Munaf. Munaf, how are you, bro? I'm doing well, man. You hit the nail on the head. We got so much to get to. I know it's been a it's been a minute since we dropped the pod, but um, a lot of content, a lot of stuff to get to. But I'm excited, man. I can see you smiling from ear to ear about all the content we have today. So um, I'm excited, man. We had some breaking news this morning too, so we'll get to that in a bit. But uh, let's do this, man. Yeah, and our apologies for missing a show yesterday. We had some personal issues in the NBA Gambling Podcast crew. Hopefully, everything's okay with that. Um, and yeah, quick outline for today's show, just to set the tone. We're going to get just a little bit of news that's been going around the league. Then we're going to talk about this Nets-Bucks game. That's tonight. Get some best bets out to you guys for that game. And obviously, we have the James Harden news that he's trying to go tonight. So we can't wait to talk about that. And then we'll go kind of around the horn to Clips Jazz, Sixers Hawks, and uh, say goodbye to the Denver Nuggets as they got swept. So let's get right into it here, Munaf. Let's get to some news. I definitely want to talk about this Luca story first at the top. Um, for those of you who didn't see it, Luca, I mean, it's hard to kind of construe it any other way than this story came out of Luca's camp. Do you agree with that? For sure. Yeah. So, you know, he it seems like he kind of went to the media trying to put a little bit of pressure on the Mavericks organization. He has issues with uh, Bob Volgaris, who for old Bill Simmons podcast listeners, he's kind of a famous uh, professional sports gambler who now works for the Mavericks, has a big ear with Mark Cuban. And Luca fucking hates this guy um, pretty clearly <laughs> based, off, based off the tone of that article. So kind of coming at him through that article, tr- clearly um, – you know, trying to flex his muscle a little bit, which he has the right and the prerogative to do as one of, I, I mean, looking like a top five player in the NBA, certified to be a tier one player for the next 10 years, barring injury. And I think we're just seeing with the trend of player empowerment that more and more players are going to start flexing their muscle and earlier and earlier age. And look, you got to respect a guy like Luca going out, going up against Mark Cuban billionaire tech entrepreneur team owner um luka Doncic, kind of trying to find himself in this league i think he's only what 22 years old so 
you know, you're starting to see this playbook that, you know, clutch sports and LeBron are very familiar with and, you know, more and more guys starting to use it. So what'd you think of that article? Obviously it seems like he still is going to resign there, but uh, yeah. got to have Dallas on their heels a little bit. Yeah. I mean, there's, there could probably be a couple things to the story. Obviously, number one, you hit it with the issue he's having with that executive. And then I think another thing might be the whole Porzingis thing is that I don't think that, Luca wants Porzingis as his quote unquote second star on this team. And I don't think Porzingis is fit is fitting that role. We saw even during mid playoffs that there were reports coming out that Porzingis was feeling that he wasn't treated as a co-star or they didn't see him as a quote, uh, the co-star. So I think that's one thing for Luca. And I think, like you said, that these guys are starting to flex at a young age. And I think Luca is one of the few guys that can flex at this young age because yeah. he is so good. He was so dominant against the LA Clippers. And we saw his frustration, right, with with not really having a, a second guy on this team. I mean, you got to give credit to Tim Hardaway Jr. who had a fantastic series. But that frustration is going to boil over because he wants to win. He's a guy that, that wants to go out of there and win. And now – it, it, the, I think the timing is kind of funny about it because it, like you, I think you said that it came out on a Monday morning at 9 a.m. Yeah. Um, but it, I, I said this, that and it, it's wishful thinking, but as soon as Steven Silas was hired as the head coach of the Rockets, you know, I'm going to be like Sean and, and tie in my team somehow. Um, <laughs> if, if he doesn't resign with the, Dallas Mavericks, I think maybe he comes to Houston where Steven Silas like put this guy on the map as far as being on the floor with the offensive systems and the game sounds that he created. Because I think last season when Silas was with the Dallas Mavericks, he created an offensive efficiency or rating that I think was the best in NBA history. Uh, don't quote me on it, but I think that's what it yeah, was. It, it, I mean, it was by volume, not relative to the league at the time, but yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think I think he's doing it right because we've talked about, like, you take a look at Damian Lillard this year is that yeah. if you're not going to build around your superstars, they're going to want to bolt and go play with another team or another guy on another team, wherever that might be. We saw that with James Harden. We, now we saw what we kind of might see with Damian Lillard and now with Luka. So it's turning into a player's league and, and, and player empowerment, like you said, it's um, – it's really catching on over these past couple of years. So it's going to be interesting what happens in Dallas. And I've told, I think I've said this on every single podcast is that for a lot of these teams, it's going to be a very, very interesting off season, but with trades and, and there's not that many marquee free agents that are available at least this summer. But I think the following summer, I think there's a lot of guys available. So um, yeah, that's my whole thing about the Luca thing. Yeah. I mean, I think just like, it's obviously like you said, the league is definitely changing, but like, for those of you who are uncomfortable with player empowerment, I mean, ask yourself who is the most important person in the Dallas Mavericks organization and by what factor? I mean, it's Luca by a million miles. Like he needs yeah. to be, he deserves to, you know, go out and get what he's, what he's owed. And, and like you yeah. said about Damian Lillard, he, there's no reason for Luca not just to sit back and just play out this narrative with the Mavericks where it's like, Oh, because Dirk played there before. And he's also European. He has to yeah. just stay there his whole career and like be happy. I mean, I think you're seeing that with Jokic a little bit in Denver, but Luka Doncic has no reason, and there's no reason for him to 
be held back by that. I think he should go out and do what he needs to do. He is by far the best player that Dallas has any hope of, of you know, having as their franchise player. And it's on them to kind of go build around him. So look, I respect the move. I, I think he's doing what he, what he, uh, what he wants. I think you're going to see this same exact discussion come up with Zion Williamson. And he already did a somewhat similar thing where Zion member in that press conference, when he was at MSG, he was like, yeah, I love playing in the garden. Like it's my favorite arena in the world. That was another move. And I think you're just going to start seeing it more and more. So very fascinating with that Lucas story. Um, I know you want to talk a little bit about this Portland uh, coaching situation. It looks like Mike D'Antoni and Chauncey Billups are emerging in that conversation. Yeah, I mean, just quickly, just to get some news and notes from around the league outside of the playoffs. Um, Yeah, I think there was a report yesterday by Wooj, or uh, yeah, I think it was Wooj, that I think it was, like you said, Chauncey, Mike D'Antoni, and I think Becky Hammond from the San Antonio Spurs that were interviewing for the Portland Trailblazers job. I don't think Mike D'Antoni is the answer for that organization because we know – He's a great offensive mind. I've seen that with the Rockets year out year and year after year. Their problem is being uh, on the defensive side of the basketball where they haven't been great. So I think they may need to get a guy that has a defensive mind um, on this team because the lack of defense that the Den- or sorry the Portland Trailblazers had in that first round against Denver and how well Phoenix fended. In the second round, it kind of speaks volumes to me of how bad that Portland defense was. So I, I was going to say the exact same thing. It, it's it's embarrassing right? when you look back on that first yeah. round after what Phoenix did. Yeah, and so I, I'm not sure Mike D'Antoni's answer. Chauncey Billups is is intriguing. Um, so you know, just just a couple names that that's something to keep an eye on for the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, I think also for Portland, they have the Dame Lillard question that, you know, is there's been some conflicting reporting. Does he, I think, you know, Shams was saying he might want to look for a trade. I think Woe just indicated the opposite. So we'll let's yeah. see how that develops because that situation could be turning into a rebuild faster than, you know, people think. I, you know, obviously if they have Dame, they're running it back and competing, but, you know, they also probably don't have much championship reality uh, out there. Yeah. So, um, That'll be interesting. And then the, the last thing we want to touch on before we get to the game is just sure. it has to be said, just a brutal string of injuries just down the stretch of this season yeah. and into these playoffs. And it's a shame. Injuries are part of the game, and I'm not going to take anything away from the eventual champion, but it's just really – it just goes to show this season what was a major push uh, to get this season in, and it's definitely affecting the players. We start to see you know, the, the injuries continue to pile up, Kyrie Irving – um, and now Kawhi Leonard last night, we got to talk about that a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, he said he was good, but that did not look good at all. Um, so we'll have to get to that. But yeah, just crazy rash of injuries. So look, definitely looking forward to next year. Hopefully we can get back on a more normal calendar, reduce the stretch of some of these guys' bodies. And I think the case for lowering the amount of games in the regular season just has to be uh, even more, you know, prominent now. Um, yeah. Because – you know, we are already seeing how much more important the playoffs are than the regular season. Obviously, we may have these new in-season tournaments or whatever to try to jump up interest in the regular season, but you got to make sure your stars are healthy at this point in the season to have, you know, LeBron, AD, Harden, Kyrie, um, whom, Joel Embiid, now maybe Kawhi Leonard, Chris Paul, uh, Jalen Brown, um, just yeah. tons of guys um, on the pine. Mike Conley as well. Um, yeah. So, that needs to be said, but um, 
we, we move forward. And, and any other news and notes you want to get to before we get to this Nets uh, Bucks game tonight? Yeah, just two things. I think that Milwaukee Bucks probably need a bubble wrap Giannis before because they're the only team left that hasn't had a significant injury to their team. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I'm not sure if you saw the murder last night on the court by Kawhi Leonard. Did you catch that? <laughs> that was that. That was an absolute punch. That that was crazy. Well, uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard is a very underrated in-game dunker. Just so vicious. Yeah, uh, and I was watching that live, and I like like I screamed in excitement. I think my wife thought. That that we were getting robbed or something or somebody broke into the house. But it, it's, it, this guy is so robotic. Uh, um, after the game, when they they asked him about dunk, he's like, right after that, Joe Ingles came down and hit a three pretty wide open in that corner. So we still got room for improvement. So <laughs> I thought that was funny, but uh, yeah, that was really exciting. And I think yeah, it was popping in the NBA Slack channel too with that. Dunk. Yeah. Crazy dunk. I, I really, I really like this Jazz Clippers series. And I, there's a lot, you know, now we have three series knotted up at 2 2. Obviously, have the sweep out in Denver, but um, yeah. very, very good, you know, kind of intense series between the Jazz and the Clippers. But with that, let's get a quick break and then we're going to come back with Nets Bucks. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast presented by WinBet. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get into all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer of the $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com and download the app today. All right, coming back off the break, let's get into this game for tonight. Nets, Bucks. We still have the Nets as a four-point home dog here. Yes. Yeah, so the Nets are a four-point home dog, obviously, to set it up. Milwaukee evens the series at home. Really close game in game three. Came right down to the wire. But, I mean, Nets missed a couple shots late, then didn't execute. Bucks kind of steal game three, although they were leading the whole game. So the Net, Nets kind of yeah. stole it to get back into it. But then they had a three-point lead with about a minute left after that KD3. Game four, uh, Nets start out hot, and the Bucks kind of take control of that game. Kyrie Irving goes down, and... Nets made a couple pushes late, but never really enough. And it's a 2-2 series all of a sudden. And, you know, I think this series kind of the the public opinion has swung very dramatically throughout this series, right? I think coming into this series, everyone was saying, you know, oh, I, I, I sneaky like the Bucks here. And literally mm-hmm. everyone was saying that. And then it was like, okay, the yeah. Nets are now the contrarian team. They go up 2-0. Then it was like, oh, this series is over. And then I'm like, yeah. wait, like the series doesn't start until someone wins on the road. Bucks win two at home. And now we're here at game five and Kyrie's hurt as well. Um, and so is James Harden. But obviously the big news of the morning is that James Harden is going to give it a go tonight. Looks like he wants to go personally and the Nets medical staff I'm sure will likely try to oblige it. Woj reporting he's going to test it in pregame, and he is game time decision, but listed as doubtful on the uh, on the injury report. So um, just a lot of dynamics at play here, and obviously the Nets is a home dog. Very interesting number. Where do you want to start, Munaf? There's a lot to get to with this series in this game. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I discussed this with, I think, the first point that uh, we haven't seen that offensive explosion that we're all kind of waiting for, right? Where yep. we have a game where both teams put up 120 points and, and we just have crazy shot making. It just hasn't happened. Um, so I think, number one, you got to give a lot of credit to both of these defenses. We can't say they're missing shots, but if you're actually watching this game and 
seeing guys, you know, fighting through screens and, and playing tough defense. I know you want to get the PJ Tucker in here in a second, but yeah, these all these guys, even on, you know, on the Brooklyn side are playing good defense and you got to give credit to these guys. So, and the, I think the total by the set by the bookmakers from game one now to game five, obviously injuries included has taken a significant bounce. I think we saw game one open up anywhere from 238, 239. And now tonight we're seeing a total of 218 and a half. That is, that is wild. Yeah, which is about a 20-point adjustment, which is crazy. So, um, you know, I, I think that's the first point that I kind of wanted to bring up. And, you know, game four with Kyrie going out with an ankle injury, I'm being conspiracy theorist that I think Giannis did it on purpose <laughs> because there were some videos circulating on Twitter that, Kyrie went up for the shot and Giannis was nowhere in that picture until he tried to come in and, and quote unquote, get the rebound and his foot kind of just slipped up under there and yeah. Kyrie kind of fell on it and it looked pretty bad initially when I saw it and I was like, Oh God, not another, another injury for the nets. Um, but I think I give credit to the nets for at least trying hanging around in that, in that game four because they got up. Uh, the Bucks got up about sixteen points in that third quarter, but the um, the Nets fought. I mean, you, you can say they could have easily gave up, but I don't think the final score is indicative of. I, I thought that once Kyrie was out, that the Bucks were going to win by like 20, 25 points. But um, you know, they get the victory by eleven. Now we're going to Game Five with the hard news. I think Harden wants to be out there, and I said yesterday that no there were unconfirmed reports of him flying down to that strip club in Houston, you know, getting his lap dance and, and, <laughs> and doing the hammy, right. So it seems like it's working. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think with Harden, I think he could still be effective with or without a full on ability to drive the basketball just because of the shooting. Right. And I, I think yeah. that is the one thing I look at with this Nets team and you mentioned it, they, they, they'll have to make choices between defense and offense, but I'm not necessarily worried about their ability to score just because if you have, you know, let's say you have a not that healthy James Harden, still a knockdown shooter. Joe Harris, knockdown mm-hmm. shooter. You can get Landry Shamit on the floor. You can get Jeff Green. And the yeah. amount of spacing that they can still create, even without Kyrie Irving with their shooting, I think they'll be okay. Obviously, going to be a ton of attention on KD tonight. I think this is a massive game for KD in terms of reestablishing himself as possibly the best player in the world. And I think before yeah. he went down with that Achilles injury, he was the best player in the world. And he was, he's looking, I mean, obviously you don't want to jinx his kind of rise right now, but he is looking like he's certainly back in, into that top tier of guys. Um, and, and look, I, I think PJ Tucker is doing an incredible job on KD. I think he's been doing a great job on KD all series. Um, but KD, obviously just that lethal of a score, he can get over the top of anybody with his jumper. Um, so for tonight, I really am looking at, you know, what does Joe Harris do? What does Landry Shamit do? What does Mike James do? I think yeah. those are those are three guys that really need to step up. Joe Harris, I mean, look, he had a he had a pretty wide open mid-range jumper at the end of game three to close that game out. And and yeah. he 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 is a whenever he shoots from two, it always looks weird. And he kind of clanked yeah. that. And then he was had no confidence in game four. He needs to get back to being himself. I think at home, you will see some of these role players play better for Brooklyn. Um, and yeah, the Harden questions obviously out there. It seems like he will go. Um, yeah, I still think you're going to have KD as the number one kind of ball handler and then let James do a lot more as it's kind of a, not a decoy, but he has the ability to obviously knock down threes, move the basketball. And then um, he's not like a crazy acceleration guy. He's more of a change of pace guy. So, you know, hopefully he or an elevation guy either. So hopefully he can still get to some, into some of his bag, even with the limited hamstring. Um, 
you know, where else do I want to, I, I do want to shout out PJ Tucker. Like you said, I think PJ, yeah. I've been saying it all year. I thought he was by far the biggest name to acquire on the trade deadline. Credit to Milwaukee mm-hmm. for getting it done with that creative pick package into Houston. I think PJ Tucker is an incredible playoff player. I think he's been that for Houston for the last however many years. Just an absolute bitch to play against. So physical, so tough, so good defensively. I I, I tweeted this. I think he's a top 25 player in the NBA. I stand by that. I mean, in terms of guys you want on, on the floor, on your team um, in the postseason – um, look, he's not going to go out and get you 20 points, but the role that he plays, I mean, ask Kevin Durant if he's having fun in this series, right? Yeah. He's getting absolutely beat up every single possession. PJ does a great job of setting the tone so high that, you know, he's not going to be called for a foul on every single possession, right? It's kind of like how yeah. some, you know, Bill Belichick, I think they train their defensive backs to be physical on every single play because they're not going to throw a flag on every single play. So then it's only when you rise above kind of your average level of conduct that they call a foul. So I think Pete has been doing a great job with that. Um, so shout out to him. And look, he set up this game five. Um, in terms of this game here, I think I kind of like Brooklyn. <laughs> you, you, text, yeah. you, you text me that too. Um, catching four points at home. Um, and I think you're starting to see kind of that public opinion pendulum swing back to the Bucks, and everyone's like, all right, like, you know, the Nets are done. Um, you know, there's still two. They both teams got to win two out of three, and two of them are in Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn's still very alive in the series. Um, so, yeah. your thoughts on this game five tonight? Yeah, and obviously the big thing is the hard news, like we just talked about. I know. I don't think if he wasn't going to play, they wouldn't upgrade him to doubtful, and then would dropping the news that I posted in the Slack channel, and then you know he's going to test the hamstring at shoot around, and then in game time he's going to go. I'll be very shocked, like I said, even before all this news came out, that if he didn't play because we saw Harden on the sidelines in Milwaukee uh, in game two and three and four, where he's up on his feet and he's you know trying to cheer on his team and he's jumping around and, and all that good stuff. So. Um, if you had a, if the hamstring was really that, that bad, I don't think he'd be, you know, standing on his legs and, and all that good stuff. He'd be getting treatment, but, but with, after game one, or when he left, it's call it. I said, I think this is a game where the Nets role. Old players are going to have to step up. I think everybody is looking at Joe Harris. It's going to be interesting to see within that first few minutes where Joe Harris really gets his shot off if he's going to, if he's making or not. Um, Blake Griffin is going to have to have a performance like he did in games one and game two at home. Mike James, Bruce Brown, all these guys know they're going to have to step up here at home tonight. And I think this is a spot where I think they do. And and I did lock up the plus four. It's still hovering out there. I don't think they're going to take that down until we have confirmed news about James Harden. It'll be interesting to see where that line does end up once he is announced in. Um, but I do like Brooklyn tonight, man. And I think that this is a game. Like Brooklyn knows they have to win this game if they want to have a chance in the series. Because if, if the Bucks win tonight, they're going back home in game six where they can close it out and head to the Eastern conference Finals. So I'm really excited for this game tonight, looking for the role players to really step up. Uh, won't be surprised if I see a 50 piece from Kevin Durant tonight. And I think the one thing that we want to keep an eye on as far as refereeing is how early do they call those fouls on PJ Tucker when he's guarding yeah. Kevin Durant is that if he gets two quick ones in the first quarter, then we kind of know what side the refs are kind of leaning towards and, and what's going to happen. So, um, 
you know, I'm a very conspiracy theory guy in the playoffs and with the ref assignments and all those things. So uh, keep your eyes open for that for sure. But big, big game for Brooklyn tonight. I love Brooklyn tonight plus the four. Yeah, and I think you're, it's kind of like what we saw with Anthony Davis, right, where it's balls to the wall. Like, you know, yeah. yes, the, yes, the the re-injury risk is probably there for Harden. But like, yeah. if they, if you got to go tonight, because if you don't go tonight, you know, you're not, you're not going to have the chance to even worry about that. So, yeah. um, I think tonight is the balls to the wall spot for the Nets. I'm going to be on the plus four as well. Money line sitting at plus one fifty. I mean, I think I'd rather take the four, but um, that's also a take as well. Um, huge, huge game tonight. Only one game on the slate, so you're getting that prime time eight thirty Eastern tip. Um, just so excited to see kind of what both these teams have in store. I think for Milwaukee, you know, obviously for their confidence, getting those two at home was absolutely massive. Um, but now you come back to Barclays. Um, I was offered tickets to this game, had to turn them down. Um, oh. <laughs> I, I turned them down before the Harden news um, came out. So I was thinking it would just be KD. Rather watch that on the HD television at home. Although I did make my first ever trip to Wrigley Field over the weekend, which was phenomenal. Um, oh, how was that? Nice. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, total at 218 and a half. Where are you going with that, Muna? Yeah, I'm staying away from this, man. I mean, this has been one of those series where you just can't figure out what's going to happen with the total because we've seen this these first four games all fall below the total and by a wide margin, right? First game, 222. Second game, 211, 179, 203. I mean, Jesus Christ. If I write all those numbers off to you at the end of the series, you would probably think it was between the Lakers and the and the uh, Phoenix, but it's between two of the best offenses in the league. So um, I think you got to stay with the under, right? Because I think the the this is a game, the, the pivotal game, game five, where defense will be at a all time high, and it's that that pivotal game five where the intensity is going to be even higher. So um, I'll stay with the under this series, man. Any part of you that's you know thinking okay this uh, this total's gotten too low you it's it might be time to come back on the over or you're you're staying with kind of the series results so far? Yeah, I think you kind of got to stay with the series results. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the shot making is coming into the game or how the game how it starts in the game. Again, this might be a place where you might want to take a look at a live line because yeah we've seen and i think a great example of this is is the clippers and the utah jazz series where they've kind of started slow in the first quarter and in the second quarter they're putting up anywhere from 65 to 70 points and you're able to find a good middle or maybe even profit this happened to me last night i had the first half over in the jazz and the clippers game atrocious start in the first quarter and then the second quarter, they come out and drop 69 points to push the over. So if you found a middle, or a line in that first quarter where it maybe had gotten down to maybe 105 or something like that, and the second quarter exploded, you would have been able to catch both of your bets. So I think live opportunity is is, is the way to go in, in this game for the total for me, at least. There we go. With that, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with some props and best bet plays for this game. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast is also brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family. 
being a degen, million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7? Are you kidding me? Sometimes you just need a moment to turn it off and hit reset. That's when you got to reach for Coors Light. It's literally made to chill. Mountain cold refreshment, made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate responsibly. All right, coming back off the break. I'm going to say it right now, my best bet for this game is Brooklyn plus the four. Uh, Munaf, any best bets for you? And also take us into the prop shop uh, and any, any, any props you got going for tonight. Yeah, I agree with you with the plus four for the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, it's, it's balls to the walls time. Kevin Durant knows it. James Harden knows it. The role players know it. So uh, I think they'll come, uh, come to play. You might want to take a look at uh, an alternate line if you think the Nets are going to win. So you might want to uh, bug Kramer because he's been absolutely killing it with the al- alternate point uh, spreads. Yeah. Uh, I know they're in Vegas right now, but uh, he might be a little hungover maybe. But uh, I'm sure he'll put something out. But if you find an alternate line of maybe, you know, two and a half with minus two and a half for the Nets, I think that might be a good plus money play in this game if you think they're going to win. So I might be looking out for that. As far as props, um, let's see here, man. Kevin Durant right now is at 35 and a half points tonight. I'm kind of tempted. To, what do you think about the under in that if if James Harden goes? I, I like that. that. I, I think I kind of like that under regardless. I mean, I think PJ is doing a good job on him. Yeah, that too, right? And, and yeah. That's a lot of points. Because, I mean, he can still he can still have a great game. It goes out and drops an efficient 30 points. I mean, that would be that's yeah. kind of what he does, you know? Yeah, and I think if you're attacking player props in this game, you probably want to look at some of the role players for the um, Mike James for the Brooklyn Nets. Maybe yeah, and I'm not, and that was the first name that I was thinking of as soon as the Kyrie Irving injury happened. But on my book, I'm not seeing any player props for him, so I might have to dig around in a couple other shops. But if you do see a Mike James points prop, I think that's one guy to look at. Um, Bruce Brown is another guy that you want to look at. I think he'll have a better game tonight. He is just so good at those little floaters inside the it's, lane. Yeah. It's it's absolutely crazy. It seems like he's like perfected it. So uh, Bruce Brown, I see that eleven and a half points here tonight. I'll take the over on Bruce Brown. Um, let's see. Let me see. Give me some rebounding props here. Blake Griffin over seven and a half. Oh, sorry, six and a half rebounds. I think that's a little low for him. I think we'll see the effort and the performance that Blake Griffin had in games one and two in this series. So um, you know he might have a double digit rebounding night. He only needs to grab seven here, so I think that might be worth a look also for uh, Blake Griffin. And the last one, I think you have to take a look at Joe Harris' three-point shots made. It is a little high at three and a half minus one twenty, but he's going to be able to get he's going to be able to get the look, especially if Harden goes and in the defensive focus on Kevin Durant tonight. That Joe Harris should get those looks, and he has to knock them down tonight. So. This is a guy that can make five for you in the first quarter, and it's going to be a sweat-free bet or sweat-free win. So I'll take those three props. Joe Harris over three and a half, Blake Griffin over six and a half, and then Bruce Brown over 11 and a half points. 
There we go. I think all I think uh, two guys I'm looking at for tonight, and you know, it depends what type of book you're using if you get numbers on them. But I think Jeff Green is a big game. I think Mike James is a big game. I think those are two guys yeah, that yeah. Um, yeah. can definitely uh, step up. So let's put a bow on that. Eight thirty Eastern. This is you know one of those that game five Nets Bucks. I mean, we've been waiting all year for this. Obviously, the injuries are a little disappointing, but let's get it. I mean, this can be a phenomenal yeah. uh, game. With that, we're going to turn to the other series, kind of catch up on some of those. Obviously, we'll have uh, more games throughout the rest of the week. So let's go to Jazz Clippers. Clippers get two at home, uh, tie this series up 2-2. Comfortable wins, starting to really get going. Uh, Paul George playing great. Kawhi Leonard playing great, although we do have to mention, you know, Kawhi Leonard comes down awkwardly on the knee at the end of that game last night and didn't finish the game. Asked about it post game, said I'm good, but obviously it's a little concerning. I mean, that game was still in the balance. It was like 13 point game with like four or five minutes left. He goes to the yep. bench. Paul George just enough to close it out, um, close it out comfortably. Um, obviously, they did they did win and cover. Um, but you know, your impressions of I guess we we can mention that Kawhi injury. I mean, we don't really know anything yet, so kind of waiting on reporting on that. So we don't talk about that much, but. You know, this series is 2-2. How do you kind of see where it stands right now as we go back to Utah for Game 5? Yeah, I think you and I discussed this at the end of Game 2 is that the superstars of the L.A. Clippers were going to have to step up in Games 3 and 4, and they did, right? Kawhi Leonard and Paul George combined for 65 in Game 3, and then they combined for 61 in Game 4. So... Those two guys stepped up when they needed it. Now this series is tied two games apiece. Um, you know, Reggie Jackson didn't have a great shoot or great scoring night last night. He only got up four shots, but Marcus Morris stepped up in a in a huge way for them last night. He scored 24 points, five of six from three-point land, six of 11 from the field. Um, it, the defensive adjustments that the Clippers have made, and I think you've said this numerous times, is that Ty Lue is an excellent coach at making adjustments in the playoffs and Donovan Mitchell did his thing last night again, but nobody else really stepped up for the team for, for the Utah jazz. And, you know, Joe Ingles had a better shooting night, you know, Bogdanovich, but it just wasn't enough for the, the intensity that the, the Clippers brought in that first quarter. They only gave up 13 points in that first quarter to the Utah jazz. Like I mentioned, they went off and scored 69 in that second quarter, but it was just enough for them to even this series up. And I think that the Clippers will go on to win this series. The question for me is how, or I'll get your thoughts. And then a second question will be how much do you think that foot or that ankle is really bothering Donovan Mitchell? He was still went out and dropped 37 last night, but I think it's something that will probably be affecting him going forward uh, in games five and six and possibly seven. And then uh, another thing uh, I think they're really missing Mike Conley to really set up this offense for the Utah jazz and then uh, Jordan Clarkson has just not been good shooting the ball for the uh, Utah Jazz. Yeah, I think you hit a lot of the right name. I think Donovan Mitchell definitely is tender on that ankle. Yeah. Obviously, I think he's still capable of, of, you know, obviously he's capable of scoring. He's been doing it in each game, but inefficient last night, 9 to 26. And, you know, 15 of his attempts came from three. Obviously got to the line for 15 free throws. I think you want to see him be a, continue to be aggressive attacking the rim, especially when the Clippers go small. I think he has been doing that, but he has to be able to keep that foot on the gas for probably three more games here. Definitely want to get Conley back if you are um, Utah. 
only 19 assists. Yeah. I think they're definitely at their best when the ball is kind of humming around the perimeter. I think we've seen less of that. Obviously, Donovan is capable of being that downhill scorer, but you know, you would like to get more out of uh, kind of the team offense than just Donovan kind of putting up 30 and looking around for help. So definitely hope to get Conley back. He had the questionable tag on him um, for game four. So, you know, I think you look at game five, probably as a targeted return for him. Mm-hmm. On the Clippers side, I think Ty Lue continues to make the right adjustments. 20 minutes for Pat Beverly last night. I thought he made a big impact on that game. He was getting up, really bothering Donovan Mitchell. I mean, look, he's a really annoying player to play against, and I'm sure if I was a Jazz fan, I would be just like not really – as an innocent bystander to this matchup, (laughs) you know, he's just so – he's such a pest, and – you know, I thought that that play at the end of the first half was very uh, symbolic of kind of his impact blocking Donovan Mitchell twice from behind on one play. Four blocks. Uh, yeah, he had four blocks. He was only plus three, but um, I thought he def- that definitely understates his impact. Terrence Mann, again, great energy. Kennard. So, look, I mean, Rondo got a DNP last night. Um, Boogie got a DNP last night. Um, so, Ty Lue continues to make the right adjustments. And look, the Clippers, their role players made shots at home. Um, but yeah. the Jazz made shots last night too, right? They also shot yeah. 41% from three. So um, Marcus Morris, Nick Batum continue to play well. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I think Paul George is someone that for some reason, the NBA Twitter does not like this man. Um, <laughs> but he ha- he, has been, he has had a good playoffs. I think yeah. he's been doing it in a variety of ways really taking on a big playmaking burden for this team as well, uh, handling the ball a lot, um, a lot more than he's been used to in the past. And I think he's taken that on well. And look, Kawhi Leonard is is just lethally efficient and these two guys together, um, very difficult to deal with. And I think if you're Utah, um, I think you're looking at, you know, Royce O'Neal can't check either of these guys, not even close. And he's supposed to be like your wing stopper. So I think that's a little bit concerning that they don't really have anyone that can deal with either of these big wings for the Clippers, um, I mean, does this series go seven in your opinion? Uh, I want to say Clippers get it done in six because okay. the question will be, like we said, if Mike Conley comes back, but again, how effective will he be with that hamstring? Because he is one of the older statement statement guys in the league and he's so injury prone. So I think that's one point, but um, I mean, you take a look at Kawhi Leonard and George, I mean, they were combined 18 of 39, not really efficient, but Marcus Morris was a key guy last night that really propelled them to the victory. It's funny that what we talk about in these playoffs is it's going to be which role players on any of these teams step up on the road to really propel their team to get that road victory. Because like you said, the series doesn't start until a a, a team wins a game on the road. And I think that going into game five, Clippers know that they got they, they have to get this win if they're going to win this series. So look for you no know, Paul George and, and Kawhi to be better, uh, at least shooting wise. I mean, they still played great combined for 62 points, but you know, Nick Batum, one of six last night, Reggie Jackson. I think that's a guy that if he's able to make some sh- between him and Marcus Morris, if they're able to knock down anywhere from, five to eight three-pointers for them. I think that's a, a load off of uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. But for game five, um, I'll, I'll go with the Clippers to take care of business in Utah. Yeah, and the Jazz are favored by two, my, uh, two and a half point favorite at home in that game. I definitely do. I mean, I think we definitely maligned Rudy Gobert on this podcast before, but <laughs> he his, his defensive ability is absolutely stunning. I mean, he is... 
the ultimate the people don't even try him at the rim right they don't they don't attack oh, the yeah. rim when he's in there it's just straight mid-range and pull up threes is so lethal defensively but you know only played 32 minutes obviously he was in foul trouble last night finished the game with five fouls but he was minus one in a 14 point loss um and uh Derek favors was minus 14 so you know that and in his 15 minutes and they basically played the entire game combined between the two of them so would like to see a little bit more Rudy. I think you got to get him up closer to 40 minutes if you can. Um, and then also Joe Ingles. I mean, he's the one that was only played 27 minutes last night, but he was plus four, had 19 points, yeah. had had the three ball falling. And, you know, his kind of his counterpart in Jordan Clarkson was uh, not great last night. Three of 12 from the field, minus 16 in his 30 minutes. So really interesting series here. And I'm looking forward to coming back to that Utah home crowd, which should be rocking in. I just hope that Kawhi Leonard is 100%. Uh, yeah. You know, all indications are that he is okay right now. But, you know, obviously we always had those stunning injury drop reports as we have with the James Harden thing this morning. So definitely uh, stay tuned to that. That game is tomorrow night. Anything else on this series, Munaf? Yeah, I think Jordan Clarkson has to be better for the Utah Jazz. He's only yeah. had one good shooting night, which was in game two. Nine of 15 from the field. But you take a look in game one, he was six of 18. Game three, five of 16, and then last night, three of 12. So if Utah's going to have success or win, have a chance to win this series, he's going to be shooting a lot better and, and, you know, providing that scoring support like he did during the regular season. But um, other than that, I'm excited for game five. A lot of pivotal game fives, you know, with this series tied up two to two. Yes, sir. With that, let's take our final break, and then we're going to come back with uh, the rest of the playoffs. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast is also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds on NBA Championship and Stanley Cup futures when you buy directly from other bettors like yourself. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. PropSwap is making it easy to profit these playoffs by trading in and out of teams as the postseason progresses. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time. Last week, a PropSwap customer purchased a Montreal Canadian Stanley Cup future for 45 bucks when a team was down 3-1 against the Leafs. A few days later, he flipped it for 600 bucks. But PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Think stock market, but for sports betting. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by the SGPN app. The SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. Plus, the app is the exclusive way to enter all the SGPN contests, including our SGPN $1,000 NBA Finals free roll. The contest locks at the end of this week, guys. So just download the app, hit the contest tab for your chance to take them $1,000. And don't forget to toss us an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming back off the break, the Hawks tie it up 2-2 in a game that the Sixers kind of had in control. The Hawks win the second half, win the third quarter. Joel Embiid kind of disappears late in that game. Obviously very, um, I guess, concerning from a health perspective. He you know, went out to the locker room in the first half, came out in the second half, only 4 of 20 last night, and 0 of 12 in the second half for Joel he yeah. had a good look to t- potentially take the lead with about seven seconds left, kind of botched it. 
Um, and the Hawks, you know, they they showed a lot of toughness last night, just enough to kind of squeak out a win. I thought John Collins, his ability on the offensive glass to get a couple extra possessions late was absolutely clutch. I think you're seeing the Hawks kind of take on some toughness to them. And Trey Young, obviously, didn't shoot it great, but 18 assists and just an absolute operator on the offensive end, as we saw in that Knicks series. So 2-2, I think the Sixers kind of look like the better team for sure. But uh, as we've seen, you know, anything can happen in the playoffs. And now we go to game five with Embiid's health uncertain. So what's kind of your concern level with the Sixers and where do you see this series going from here? It's funny that we talk about Embiid's like knee, but it's it's funny when you see him on offense that he gets that ball at the three-point line and he has a shot like he can we know he can take it and make it but he gives you that pump fake and he goes inside and he tries to like dunk it or try to get an easier basket and i think he's making harder harder on himself with that with the with the banged up knee where he can just take that shot and he knows he can make it but he's trying to get too creative and it feels like he's on the ground like 9,000 times in the, in the game, right? Yeah. Because he's always flying around. And, and, you know, I think that putting that pressure on the knee really, really caught up to it in this game. I mean, four of 20 from the field. Jesus. I mean, when was the last time we heard that from Joel Embiid? So the knee is definitely bothering him. Um, he still did a great job on the board. He grabbed 21 rebounds. But when you know that Joel Embiid's not having a good you know, shooting game, you need some of the other guys to step up, whether that's, you know, Tobias Harris has been consistent, another 20.9 for him. But again, somebody off the bench had to step up, whether it was between uh, Milton or, or Tybal or, or Maxi. But my biggest question is, how far is Ben Simmons going to take this team? And, you know, the offensive, there or lack thereof from Ben Simmons is, is – is really starting to going to take a toll on the Sixers team because if Embiid is really battling that knee injury, Ben Simmons is a guy that he's, I saw it last night multiple times off of a make or off of a miss. He grabs the ball, he rushes down the field and just dribbles into the paint. And if nothing is there, he just kind of dribbles back out and waits for his teammates to kind of catch up on the other side. So that really that puts a puts a, a a nail in their offense because he doesn't have a jump shot or and he can't make free throws again. So yeah. Um, It'll be interesting in game five. We're going back to Philly, right? Yeah, they played into Atlanta. Yeah. So we're going back to Philly. Uh, pivotal game again. I think that, you know, if Sixers will come out and play, they'll play well. Um, and I think this might be a game where you see a double-digit victory by the 76ers. On the flip side, I mean, last night, uh, quickly for me, for the Atlanta Hawks, yeah, like you mentioned, John Collins had some great offensive rebounds in the game, finished up with five in the game. Uh, Clint Capella was so bad in that first quarter for the Atlanta Hawks. I tweeted this out that this was a Clint Capella that we saw when he was with the Rockets, where he was just trying to do too much on the offensive side. Um, and then, you know, Trey Young, not a great shooting night. Uh, same thing with Bogdanovich. So this was a pretty ugly basketball game, at least shooting wise, but give credit to Atlanta for fighting back in that second half and um, getting the victory at home to tie it up. Yeah, they showed a lot of fight here. I think it was kind of it felt like it was kind of headed in the direction of uh, Philly just kind of taking over this series and closing it out in five. And the Hawks yeah. kind of, you know, fought right against that destiny. And um, yeah, John Collins, Trey Young, I think they showed a lot of heart and grit last night. So big win. And their home crowd also showed up as well. That was a fun atmosphere, really intense game. And you brought it up. I mean, 
we, we talked about this all year. We still don't know what the Sixers do in the fourth quarter of a game on offense. And that was very much on display last night. It was like yeah. Tobias Harris ISOs that kind of had Joel setting his half screen for him and then kicking back out to Joel at the top of the key where he would just kind of pump fake and, and try to go by. But I think we see with the Sixers, if Joel Embiid's jumper is not falling, they really have nothing offensively late in game. I think yeah. Seth Curry is someone who I think – they should look to establish him more. I mean, he's such a good shooter, so lethal coming. And obviously he had a great, not a great look because he had to double clutch it, but I think he thought that was down on the game tying attempt um, on that. Crazy. The Hawks didn't foul. Shake Milton could have walked right into a pull-up three. I don't know what he was doing. He was kind of panicking a little bit with the ball in his hands. They weren't fouling. And he had a, I mean, it was, it might've been deep, but he had a wide open three from the top of the key that he could have taken. You get Curry off the pin down, he had a double clutch because the contest was there, but j- perfect line. It looked like just slightly long, hit the back iron. But Seth Curry, I mean, 7 of 10, uh, 3 of 6 from 3, and 17 points. I mean, I think you can continue to use him more, uh, you know, especially with Ben Simmons' inability to shoot and, you know, some of the spacing concerns that they have. I think we saw that when they were at their best with J.J. Redick uh, playing off mm-hmm. of these guys, his ability to come off uh, pin downs and all that. So, um I think I like to see them establish Seth a little bit more, as well as Furkan Korkmaz. I mean, he was minus 13 in this game, but his ability to shoot, I think they need all the shooting they can get. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think they, they still have a lot to figure out at, in terms of their identity, and that's kind of why uh, why I, I, I never know what to make of this team because we still don't really know who they are offensively, uh, especially when we see last night where Joel's jumper isn't falling. It's like they really had nothing going. Um, obviously, only scored – 38 points in the second half last night just a yeah. brutal performance uh, in the second half as that game started to kind of tighten up you know the hawks had trey young just creating beautiful offense for them out of pick and roll every single possession getting a good shot and the sixers it was like pulling teeth trying to get anything going towards the rim or anything good so um you know i i think for the sixers um i still think i like them in this series i think Probably get it done in six. I mean, they'll be favored in all three games going forward as long as Joel is healthy. So I, I think this gets done in six. But uh, at going to game five, Sixers favored by six and a half at home. I think I like Philly as well there. Um, but really impressive win for the Hawks last night. Yeah, I mean, you take a look at some of the you know the stats across the board. They were pretty much even, and the you know the final score is indicative of that. But for the Sixers only scored 38 points after scoring 62 in the first half was was really mind-boggling for me. And I think, yeah, you hit the nail on the head with that. They need to find a way to get Seth Curry more shots because he's just a little shooter, just like his brother. Um, I'm surprised that Maxie's not getting more minutes in the playoffs here because he is a guy that can come off the bench and provide that energy. So Yeah, I don't um, think Doc trusts him that much. Yeah, I think so too, so... Um. Yeah, I mean, I, you got to give credit to the Hawks. They they fought last night and and they got the victory. So we're heading back to Philly in Game Five, and uh, we'll see what happens from there. Just keep an eye out for what what the news is on Joel Embiid's knee. Yeah, so obviously both these series we're waiting for knee injury news to drop on Kawhi and Embiid. So um, definitely look out for that. But looking forward to both these games tomorrow night. Last thing before we get out of here, we got to say goodbye to the Denver Nuggets. Really impressive sweep, really impressive sweep by Phoenix. But I think Denver kind of got exposed. And like we said at the beginning of the show, Denver getting exposed, exposed Portland even more because, you know, the fact that Denver was able to cook offensively against this team is just kind of embarrassing when you look at 
what Phoenix was able to do really kind of exposed the Denver's talent for what it was. Jokic struggled and um, the, the other guys were held in check. No one really stepped up alongside him. Um, and what'd you make of the uh, campaign uh, flagrant that Jokic got called with? He got ball. I think that was, <laughs> yeah, he got ball. He got his face, but you can't eject the MVP in a game. Yeah, that was like crazy. Game four, and, and, you know, they're trying to fight back and trying to make this a series. Um, yeah, I, I think that was really a frustration uh, foul for uh, yeah, Jokic in that game because he wasn't able to, you know, have the success that he usually has, whether that's during the regular season or even in the first round against the Portland Trailblazers. Um, but, yeah, I don't think he should have been ejected for it. So that that kind of, you know, that, and that kind of, like, gave energy to the Denver Nuggets because they made kind of made it a, a game. Yeah, they made a little push. Uh, once. Yeah, they made a little push, and, and uh, but it just – this was enough, but again, you got to give a lot of credit to the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul and Devin Booker are probably the two best players in the entire playoffs for me right now because Chill. we talked about with the shoulder injury. I, I think so. I mean, <laughs> you take a look at like what they're doing, man. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, when was the last time I saw that Chris Paul dropped 37 points in, a, in any NBA yeah, game? He, was like back in 2018 or 2019. So the mid-range is not dead, especially when you have Chris Paul on your team. I mean, Devin Booker has been cooking all playoffs long. I mean, we saw it where in an elimination games, he scored 81 points. Um, you got to give a lot of credit to this Phoenix Suns team. I think the one concern that you may have playing a devil's advocate is that they've probably played two teams that have been riddled by injuries, right? With yeah, the LA yeah, Lakers, yeah. With, the, with LeBron and AD, and then with the Denver Nuggets with uh, Jokic or sorry, Yoke, uh, Jamal Murray. And, and they got Will Barton back halfway through the season. So, or sorry, the series, but they've been playing well. I, I think whether they play the L, uh, the LA Clippers or the Utah Jazz, it, it's going to be a big step up in competition from what they've seen in the first two rounds. So uh, whoever they play, I'm really excited to see that series in the Western conference finals, but uh, hopefully for the Denver Nuggets, they you know they can get healthy again. I know Jamal Murray has a long road ahead of him with that torn ACL, but yeah. um, I think a lot of the questions on the roster also for them. So you know who they decide to bring back from their role players, or they go out and get a third guy. But I'm not sure Aaron Gordon is the answer to that for this Denver Nuggets team. I, I know you're the Denver fans. So I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I don't think Aaron Gordon is necessarily the final answer either. I think Michael Porter Jr. is someone who. Look, I mean, it's been – it's so enticing at times, but it's also so frustrating at times. I personally don't think he'll ever reach his full potential in Denver okay. just because of their style, and they already have Jokic and Murray established in their culture. You know, yeah. I think it's really constraining for Michael Porter Jr. to be anything more than a spot-up shooter. Now, obviously, he is one of the five best shooters in the NBA probably, and mm -hmm. if he had maybe a different personality, I think he could fit into that better. I think Michael Porter Jr. wants to – you know, expand his game a little bit, continue to do more. So um, I think he's someone, if I'm Denver, I'm putting him on the table and seeing if I can get a third star that fits better into, into, into kind of what I want to do um, on this team. I, I think he, he's maybe the one chip they have left to kind of remake yeah. this roster before they lock in Jokic for another five-year deal. Obviously, yeah. Jamal still has to get healthy. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, with this team. I think they kind of – nothing to hang their heads about. I mean, yes, it's it's a it's not fun to get swept, but that Portland's win was kind of 
the cherry on top to this Denver season. And um, they just mm-hmm. kind of showed their grit. And look, with Phoenix going forward, I think they're really dangerous. I think they're a great team um, with a lot of different pieces and that make them great. I think either way, we're going to get a really fun series, whether that's, you know, the Donovan Mitchell versus Devin Booker battle um, for kind of best young guard in the West, other than Luca would be really fun to see that. Also, yeah. if we get, you know, the Clippers sons, that would be, be a great matchup with, uh, you know, Mikhail Bridges on Kawhi and Patrick Beverly and CP going at it. Just, yeah. you know, going to be, going to be really fun regardless. So credit to the Suns, and they kind of get the benefit of being able to chill out. Chris Paul, hopefully gets back to a hundred percent. I mean, it, it, they're going to get at least till I think early next week before we start any of these next round series. So they'll have some time to get healthy. I think they're definitely going to be, especially if they, um, especially if the Clippers advance and the Suns get home court, I would just be smashing the Suns in game one uh, of that series. Uh, But we will have to get to that when we get to that. Uh, To close out the show today, we want to just get any uh, series bets or conference title uh, or, or, you know, conference champion or championship uh, odds that you want to throw out there that you might be jumping on. We got the best bets for the Nets Bucks game. Any best bets generally uh, on your uh, on your radar? Yeah, let me uh, just really quickly put up, pull up the. I don't think that's for a serious price. I already locked in the Clippers last night um, at plus one fifty five, and then after game one at I think it was around plus two fifty up to plus two seventy five. Right now, the updated ones are plus one hundred five towards the Clippers, one twenty five for the Jazz. So some slight plus money there. The intriguing one for me will be the Bucks in, in the Nets series. Now you're seeing the Nets at plus 150, where we saw them as I has, what, minus 350, 400 after yeah. games one and two. Um, so if you're interested at that, it might be one. I mentioned this in the Slack channel last night, and, and I should have grabbed the Clippers to win the title. It was all the way at nine to one before the victory last night. Currently down to six to one, so I think I might be grabbing that um, for for title odds. Other than that, I don't see anything else. You just do you see anything you like? Not much. I think uh, glad I jumped on the Suns championship odds at the time. Um, you know, I still kind of do like the Clippers here. I'm seeing them even money uh, to win this series, but I obviously still have a lot of uh, liability on them. So I'm just praying that yeah. I'm praying I'm praying that Kawhi's healthy before I move forward with anything on the Clippers. But um, yeah, not much. I mean, I think obviously with all these game fives, kind of see how those play out, and uh, it's really it's exciting to just have three series get to this point, and you know, not everyone's healthy, but you know, these game fives are kind of all you can ask for, and see who takes control of each of these series. Yep. Um, that, that Clippers Jazz game five, you know, obviously two and a half point spread at home, just going to be a great game, great atmosphere. So, really looking forward to that one as well as this Nets Bucks game tonight. But I think that's about it for me today. Any anything else you want to throw out there, Munaf? No, that's all I had for tonight or for today. You know, game five tonight, Nets uh, Nets Bucks. So that's going to be a fun one. Yes, sir, uh, Munaf. Where can people find you on Twitter? Yeah, find me at, on Twitter at. SportsNerd824. I always have my MLB plays and, and NBA plays up there, so uh, definitely check me out there. Yeah, follow Munas at, at SportsNerd824. You can follow me at NBA Zach B. Please, this is the NBA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Subscribe, rate, and review if you enjoyed. 
Also, check out all the podcasts in the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, Big Golf Week, Moon House Podcast, yep. the MLB Gambling Podcast. Uh, you know, obviously, the main sports gambling podcast, those guys are out in Vegas enjoying themselves right now, um, as well as the new SGPN app. Make sure to check that out. Download that. It's the last week to enter the NBA Finals Contest. You can win $1,000 yep. free to enter, so definitely check out that. It's the last week for that. And uh, last thing I'll plug is just the Slack channel. It's been popping off. Um, been popping off this morning. I'm sure it'll be popping off with plays for tonight. So sign up for that at sg.pn slash slack. With that, we go into game five time. Um, and we're looking forward to talking to you guys the rest of this week and see how these play out. So uh, good luck with everyone with your bets tonight. And uh, let it ride, boys. Basketball. Give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to.